Do you love wrestling podcasts but hate all the ads? Well, you can get all the great podcasts early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. It only starts at nine bucks a month, but you get exclusive series at adfreeshows.com like Title Chase, Eric Fires Back, Conversations with Conrad, and tons more, and a chance to interact with your favorite podcast hosts every month. See for yourself why thousands of other wrestling fans say adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Adfreeshows.com. symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. This is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be discussing the doctor of thugonomics, the face that runs the place, the 16-time world champion, John Cena. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Big day today. Oh, big day. We're talking about big John Cena, and Kurt, unfortunately for you, you can see me. Uh, but listen, man, we're about to talk about the guy who bookended, uh, your career with you. I mean, John Felix, Anthony Cena. Yes. That's his full name, believe it or not. And, uh, he, by the way, celebrated his 45th birthday just a little over a month ago. Can you believe that? No, I can't believe it, but that guy has had one hell of a career. (laughs) Yeah, now he's making millions in the movies. So, Kurt, let's start from the beginning. When did you first hear about or see this fella that we know as John Cena? I actually saw, I didn't see him, but I heard about him in OVW. He was doing this gimmick called Prototype. And what what he would do is he would match his shorts, his knee pads, and his boots, all the same color. So one week would be green, the next week would be red, the next week would be gold. And, um, you know, that was the the gimmick he was using. And obviously the build he had, he looked like a damn monster. So he was called Prototype. And uh, I was really uh, intrigued by it, and I was excited for him to come up to the main roster. So as we start to talk about the evolution of who he was, and you said you said it, you were excited about him coming to the main roster. Do you remember, Kurt, the first conversation that you ever had with him? It was the day I wrestled him, his debut match. He came up to me very respectful. He said, hello, Mr. Angle. I'm John Cena. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm going to be working with you tonight. It's going to be an honor to get in the ring with you. Very good kid. Very respectful. I I absolutely loved him from the get-go. Wow. So yeah, man, that sounds great. That's a lot better than your first interaction with Hulk Hogan. So yeah, that's (laughs) already off to the right foot, but now I think it goes to show just uh, what kind of a dude John Cena was and is. He's a solid dude. He definitely is. Well, it's June, 2002. He is called up to the main roster and, uh, Kurt, uh, believe it or not, I know most people go back to that match with you that he had in the ring because that was the first televised match. 
but he was wrestling a lot of dark matches against fellow OVW star and future team angle member, Shelton Benjamin. And buddy, we got a clip. I tell you what, we have the staff of all staffs that are really mining for all the video gold and they've done it again. And they, found, <laughs> they pull it out of their butts. huh? Yeah. I mean, they dug deep in their ass for this one and they found the match with him and Shelton Benjamin. You have all the key players. Justin Roberts is doing the intro. Mike Kyoto is the referee. And here he is against Shelton benjamin and there's no audio here so i'm going to have you talk through it just a little bit but here we go i'm going to for those that are on ad free shows you're going to get to watch this clip with us so let's check it out So there it is. His intro. That's all the audio you're going to get. I'm going to mute it. But yeah, look at the little kind of skater cut. And Justin Roberts is now introducing uh, Shelton Benjamin. And, and that's it, man. But yeah, this is this is it. This is two guys, like I said, work together a ton in OVW. And you have history with both of them. Yeah, I have big history with both of them. Done a lot of programs with John Cena. And Shelton Benjamin was on Team Angle. Um Shelton is one of the best athletes I've ever been in a ring with. And uh, John, John wasn't as great of an athlete as a lot of other wrestlers, but he made up for it with charisma and a lot of hard work. And, and this is a really quick match here. You can just see they're doing some mat wrestling here. Of course, that's Shelton Benjamin style. Cena rolls out, runs to the ropes, and, uh, and we move along into the match here. Spine buster from Shelton to, to John Cena. Kyoto for the count one, two. Cena kicks out. But this is so such a green John Cena here. Oh, yeah. He's definitely green here. But, you know, you could tell that he's going to be able to ke- ke- pick or pick up on it. Uh, you knew that he was going to end up being a big star, even here. Uh, you know, as green as he is, you knew that eventually he was going to improve on his in-ring skills and he was going to become a big star. Uh, he had a great look. He was a good-looking kid. Um, you know, uh, the, the prototype thing didn't go over so well, but, um, you know, it was a good start for him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that it, it's, it's the, the gimmick that he has, and he's trying to do the best with it. Obviously he would morph out of that pretty quickly near fall count there, uh, with Shelton. He's uh, got his shoulders down, but didn't get the count here. He goes into a, a nice suplex on Shelton Benjamin, but Shelton reverses it kind of a flapjack move. But it's so fun to see these two guys both in their early time here. And there it is. That's the three. Cena has been pinned by Shelton Benjamin. Wow. The office wasn't pushing him in OPW, were they? <laughs> no, they weren't. <laughs> Five-minute match. A squash match for Shelton. <laughs> yeah, Shelton was the guy there. That's just, uh, man, I just thought when I saw that clip, I was like, that, that was fun. That was from uh, June 17th, 2002, Oakland, California. But then we move forward. It's a week later. They're taping SmackDown in Chicago on June 25th, and you're issuing an open challenge, Kurt, and this guy by the name of John Cena comes out to accept, and he's prototype no more. So let's talk about that day. When did you know this match was going to happen? Was it well, the day I of think the show? He was still prototype. He comes out and says, I'm John Cena, though, right in the room. Oh, okay. He was still yeah. doing the gimmick with the matching yeah, yeah shorts and uh, knee pads yeah. and boots. Okay. Yeah. 
So do, do they tell you that day? Do you know that this match? Oh, is you know happen? what? They told me the day of the show that I was going to wrestle John Cena. And um, John Cena came up to me and said, hey, Mr. Angle, I'm John Cena. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm going to be working you tonight. Um, you know, it's going to be an honor to get in the ring with you. He was very respectful. Did you guys have any kind of discussion about, hey, this is what we're going to do out there or anything like that? Yeah, but you know what I tried to do with John? I I, I really wanted him to, uh, I want him to take the test, the angle test. Um, I tried to blow him up. I tried to get him tired. I put the match together. It was only 11 minutes, and I made it sure it was not just nonstop action. And I wanted John to blow up. I wanted, I wanted to take this monster-looking character, uh, this this uh, Greek god, and show everybody how you know how tired I could make him. And he didn't get tired. The son of a bitch passed the test with <laughs> flying colors. It was crazy. Now, this is good. And I know you've seen this a million times, but I think we need to watch some of it again right now. So not the entire deal. Uh, but we're going to check it out again. This is June 27th, 2002. Uh, let's go to the clip. Kurt doesn't look impressed. Who in the hell are you? I'm John Cena. John Cena, huh? Well, you tell me. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. So good. Uh, you know, first of all, the fan in the, in the front row with the Kurt Angle, you rule sign. That was pretty cool. But <laughs> I know how John, C- 
I, I know how John Cena felt. I mean, the first time I did this show, I tried to extend my hand and you kind of gave me that same <laughs> look slapped and, it away. And, and logged off the podcast. So <laughs> I get it. I mean, that's just what Kurt Angle does. But but seriously, all joking aside, what did you think here, man? Your first interaction with him in the ring. You know, he's a little bit green, but, you know, you see he's got a lot of skill. What were some some good takeaways and some things, you know, opportunities maybe that he had. Well, his move set in the ring is awesome. He had a great move set. Um, he, he worked really hard, good looking kid, uh, you know, great build, like I said before, but, but the, his only downfall is, you know, you could tell the way he moves around. He's not quite as fluid as other wrestlers. He's more choppy and, you know, a little bit more uncoordinated. Um, but he, he makes up for that with, with hard work. And, and, you know, being able to do what he does, especially nobody knew at this time, how the, how good of promos he cut. Yeah. So this was kind of a pleasant surprise eventually when he started doing it. Kurt, I think your assessment is spot on as far as just, uh, his fluidity in the ring. I think you nailed it. You're right. Promos. We had no clue what we were in store for <laughs> yet there. And that took him next level. Uh, but, uh, getting to work with you and come out, I don't think at this point in 2002, there could have been any bigger stage for John Cena. And he would say this than to come out against our Olympic hero and, and make man, a debut like that. <laughs> That's right. The icon. So good stuff. So listen, Cena gets a bit of a push for his first six weeks or so on TV, including teaming with guys like the undertaker. And he defeats you and Chris Jericho, uh, in, in Atlantic city plus another singles match with you in Richmond, Virginia. My goodness, lots of current angle here with John Cena from the get-go. They attached John Cena to me. They wanted me to teach him the ropes, and that's what I was doing. Then he's thrown down the card and not much of a featured role for the next few months. Any idea what happened here? Was it just being pushed too soon when he wasn't ready? or what do you It was being on? pushed too soon, but it was also the gimmick that he was using. You know, the John Cena, you know, match everything, match the tights with the knee pads, with the boots. Uh, they wanted him to come up with another gimmick, and he did, and it was a really good gimmick. He sure did. By the way, in terms of making sure you're ready, you want to make sure your health is ready with Elysium Health. Specifically, I want to talk today about Basis by Elysium Health, who, by the way, are the most trusted source of NAD Plus supplementation. Their product basis is clinically proven to increase levels of NAD plus by 40% safely and sustainably. They are unlike any other health company I've seen, and they're at the forefront of NAD plus supplementation. They have dozens of the world's best scientists. Eight of them are Nobel Peace Prize winners. NAD plus is found in every single cell of your body and is responsible for creating energy and regulating hundreds of cell functions. And NAD plus levels, uh, just so that you're all aware, they do start to decline as you age. So for guys like Kurt and I in our 40s and 50s, lack of sleep, intense exercise, unbalanced diet, and sun exposure has proven to deplete our NAD plus levels. That's even with stuffing chicken snacks, steamed broccoli, and grilled chicken down our broken freaking necks. So 
Decreased NAD plus levels are linked to faster biological aging and can slow down vital body functions. I don't know about you, Kurt, but this body needs to keep functioning, my friend. We have families to raise, events to go to like Top Guy Weekend, and you have fans to meet and greet. So we need the edge and basis will do it for you. So go to trybasis.com slash angle and enter code angle at checkout to save 10% off of basis prepaid plans, as well as other Elysium health supplements. That's trybasis.com slash angle and use code angle at checkout to save 10%. And thank you Elysium health for sponsoring this episode. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. So, Kurt, let's dive into it a little bit. What is John like on the road? Tell us the truth. Is he a brash kid rubbing people the wrong way, or is he a quiet type just trying to get through it? He wasn't brash or quiet, but he got along with everybody. Like I said before, he was really respectful, um, you know, greeted everybody when he, when he came in the room. Uh, you know, he was just a nice kid. Uh, you know what? He's he's like almost as close to perfect as there is, to be honest with you. Oh, wow. So he he's, was he's the kind there. of guy I want my daughter to date. Oh, there you go. Now, listen, I've, I've talked to Kyoto before. I do a show with him on ad-free shows, and he's told stories about, you know, when now this is after he's hit it big and, and made his big money, him picking up the tab here and picking up the tab there for the guys. But in the early days, like you said, I'm sure he's shy and just – kind of is he fly on the wall type guy and just wants to have fun or is he starting to show his personality a little bit as he's traveling up and down the roads he was showing his personality and uh what was crazy about him i used to rib him quite a bit because he would travel with like five different guys and they would share hotel rooms and i'd be like hey you cheap bastard buy your own hotel room rent your own damn car (laughs) he was saving his money he wasn't spending it Wow. Smart from day one. You know what? He made a lot of money in his career. (laughs) That's exactly right. He was smart from day one. And boy, I guarantee you, he ain't splitting rooms with nobody anymore. No, he's not. (laughs) His his fortunes would change when he turns heel in October and debuts as a rap artist character on the Halloween edition of SmackDown. And so be honest, what did you think? Because we all know it got over. But what did you think of the gimmick change for him at first? Oh, I I knew this was going to get him over. I knew this would send him to the main event status and and stay there forever. You just, you know, you didn't realize how good of a rapper he was until he started doing it. And he was so articulate. He came up with some of the coolest shit I've ever heard before. He was awesome at it. Uh, He was. He was phenomenal and uh, still is. Anytime he gets in the ring with a mic. Very articulate. He's unbelievable. You just, and, and it's just all memorization. I don't know if it's memor, memorized. He just free flows as he go out there. Just so impressive. So you're both heels going into 2003 and you don't really cross paths on TV until, until September. So that's all kind of a long time that you didn't really get to work with them or cross paths with them for a while there in 03. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't wrestle much in 03, at least at the beginning of the year, but I think we caught up at, at near the end of the year. You sure did. Kurt, I want to talk a little bit about NHTSA. NHTSA. It's all about 
safety. No one close to you should have to endure the dreaded knock on the door. That knock that comes from a police officer who must tell your loved one that you were killed in a car crash. It's a message that gets even worse when they learn that your death may have been prevented if you had only been wearing your seatbelt. The simple fact is, regardless of what type of vehicle you ride in, seatbelt use is the single most effective way to stay alive in a crash. That's why the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is spreading the word. We want to raise the profile of seatbelt safety so we can save lives. So whether you're going on a cross-country trip or just up the street, please be like your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle and Paul Bromwell. Buckle up. Don't risk it. And remember, click it or ticket. Brought to you by NHTSA. So you mentioned that you guys do cross paths here towards the end of 03. Of course, you do miss a few months after WrestleMania 19 following that neck surgery. But are you starting to notice Cena's improvement in, in his work rate during this time, Kurt? Yeah, he was getting a lot better every week. He was improving. Um, you know, he was wrestling a lot of big stars and he was proving himself. Definitely. And here we go. As we said, later in that year, you and Cena start that mini feud and it culminates at no mercy in Baltimore, Maryland. And it's pretty safe to say this was Cena's best in ring work so far. And it also gets high praise in the observer too. But before I read Dave Meltzer's review, uh, cause he's going to put this one over big. We have a clip of it. Let's check it out. It's no mercy 2003. It's John Cena and your Olympic hero. Both men are down center of the ring. Both Kurt Angle and John Cena have left everything they have in the ring tonight, and the matchup is still going on. They want both men taking each other's best. Angle kicking out of the FU. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Angle kicking out of the FU and Cena kicking out of the Angle Slam. Wait a minute. John Cena grabbing that, that chain in his right hand. But why do this? This has been a great matchup. Cena don't need his chain. Because it's what Cena's all about. He's a pump. Plain and simple. Referee busting him, though. Referee busting him. Jimmy Corderas. Grabbing that chain, doing his job. Later on tonight, the he's going to win on it. Wait a minute. The medals? And he's got the gold. He's got the gold. He's got the score of Kurt Angle. Poetic justice.
a lot. And boom, there's your winner, Kurt Angle. Well, you can tell where this is the Kurt Angle show because we've played two matches of Kurt and John Cena and both times went over one. <laughs> this is awesome. So uh, let's read what uh, Dave Meltzer had to say here. He said the show stealer was Kurt Angle versus John Cena, which was a success in that it was seen as best high profile match to date. Angle's winning cleanly via submission didn't seem to make sense since Cena is the one who needs elevation. And this marked his third straight pay-per-view bout where he's faced the SmackDown Big Three of Angle, Lesnar, and Undertaker and lost cleanly to their finishes. Cena is the best talker and best new prospect in the company outside the ring. And whether it was Angle or him improving a lot lately, probably both, his weaknesses in the ring disappeared this time out. So there you go. That's Dave's assessment there. And then he goes on to say Kurt Angle beat John Cena in 18 minutes, 25 seconds with an ankle lock, turned into a heel hook. This was a tough position to be in, but Angle proved himself to be the man again here. Here he goes, man. Dave Meltzer really has a lot of love for you. Angle, I don't think so. Dude, just listen to him. Angle got his mouth busted early. Cena worked on the neck for a while, and then he goes through all the spots that you did. But then he says the finishing sequence was excellent, with Angle going from a Rana to an ankle lock to a heel hook. Four and a quarter stars from Dave Meltzer. Once again, he's just in love with Kurt Angle. <laughs> so uh, a few questions here coming out of this one, uh, Kurt. You didn't often work as a babyface during your first WWE one, but during this period, you were. And we all know that you've said it before. You did prefer the heel role, but tell us a little bit about playing a face here with, uh, while working with Cena. Well, what was going on at that particular time is Cena wasn't getting over as a baby face. A lot of fans were booing him, uh, and it had a lot, to, it had nothing to do with his in-ring work or his promo skills, nothing like that. It had to do with the office pushing the kid from the get-go. I was his very first match. I was a top of the heap. Then he went with Jericho, I believe, then Undertaker. So he's main eventing all these times, different times. And uh, the fans were like, we haven't accepted this kid. The office is pushing him. They're trying to get us to like him. And we're not going to do that. So the fans are very difficult to please. You have to get over with them before you start seeing success. And because the office was pushing them, they didn't like that. So what they did is they turned me heel and in turn, John baby fit, or I'm sorry, they turned John heel That's right, and turned yeah. me baby face so that the fans would be cheering me, which they were anyway, and they would boo John. So they wanted the psychology to be right in the match because when John was a baby face, they were still cheering for me. So we had to switch it around. And then that would be something they would refuse to do later on in his careers to ever turn him heel again. But that's the <laughs> thing, man. Fans get it nowadays. And if they feel the office is pushing someone too hard, they look at Roman. Not. Look how long it took Roman to get over. I mean, you know, and the kid was talented too. Well, and it had to become a heel to do it. You know what I mean? So uh, it's just something when they so have that, when they have that office feel to it, and it feels like you're forcing someone down our throats. You can forget it. It's not going to well, work. Hey. I'm guilty too. Yeah. They pushed the shit out of me from the get go too. The fans didn't accept me. <laughs> yeah. It's just, we, there's story after story after story where you can see that. And, uh, so there you go. Well, you got survivor series. It's coming up here. It's a month later seen as the face and you're both on the same team as it's team angle versus team Lesnar and seen as the sole survivor Cena was now ready for a big push as a baby face. Would you agree? 
Oh, yeah, he was ready. He was at the top at this particular time. He was up there with Brock, me, Undertaker. It, it was his time, and, and uh, there was no way to keep him from it. We move on to No Way Out. That's 2004. That's in San Francisco. This show is always remembered uh, for Eddie Guerrero defeating Brock Lesnar uh, to become the WWE champion. What a moment in time uh, for Eddie, for sure. But earlier in the show, you defeated Cena and Big Show in a triple threat match to become number one contender for the WWE title at WrestleMania 20s. Do you have uh, any memories of this match? Yeah, it was a great triple threat match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, John stepped up, uh, proved that he could work in triple threats. Uh, his his uh, memory skills were awesome because he he was, you know, his timing was perfect. Uh, Big Show did a great job too. I absolutely love that match. It's one of my favorite triple threats. Yeah, well, we actually have a clip of that match nice. that we're going to play here. So let's check it out. Defeats John Cena once again, of course. This right is definitely here. the Kurt Angle show. On the Kurt Angle show. This is hilarious. So you, you beat him again. After this, we talked about it. It's WrestleMania 20. And this is when you start to take some time off from the ring and you become the SmackDown general manager. Cena becomes the U.S. champion after Mania. And in July, imagine this, you abuse your power. And you strip him of the title, Kurt. Kurt, what a meanie. He US puts team. his hands on you as the GM. Did you enjoy, though, playing this whole heel role, the heel authority figure, and some of your interactions with Cena during this time? To be honest with you, um, no. Uh, what happened was I broke my neck again, 
And Vince McMahon was tired of me breaking my neck and he didn't want the fans to know about it. So he pretended that I injured my knee and I was in a wheelchair. And the thing is, I was so disappointed and angry with myself that a lot of promos I was projecting to the talent was anger directed toward me. So there were a lot of angry promos I was doing, but that was real emotion because I was letting myself down. I kept injuring my neck and I was really uh, disappointed and confused and I was lashing out at other people, even though not in real life, but on, you know, on screen, I was, you know, the, the motion that I was showing was very real and I was supposed to be this angry GM and I was. Did it ever get so real where guys would come back and be like, yo, Kurt, you okay, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A couple of times. <laughs> I can imagine if you were that. Corey Wilson, I don't know if you remember, I cut a promo on her. Uh, if, if we have to show it eventually sometime, okay. But I cut a promo on her and I almost made her cry. It was horrible. Oh no. All right, Derek, you're listening. We got to find that Tori Wilson. We'll have to figure out a way to weave that into a show. Cause we got to see that Kurt angle, just taking his rage out on everybody rage well, all day long. <laughs> listen, just like Kurt made John Cena's U S title vanish. IP Vanish can do the same for you. Kurt, I want to pause right here and share with our listeners about something that will ensure their online safety. And it's something we don't talk about enough. IP Vanish is the gold medal standard for giving you the ultimate safe experience. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to the hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, too. That's on your computers, tablets, phones, even your TV streaming devices. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish, guys. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use too. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream. They don't need to know everything you search for. They don't need to know. And everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish.com forward slash, here's the key, angle, and use promotional code ANGLE and claim your 70% off savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com forward slash ANGLE. So, Kurt, Cena then decides to take some time off to film The Marine. Were you surprised that Cena was already getting movie roles at this point? Yes, I was. And the reason was The Marine was supposed to be my movie. <laughs> Do tell. What happened was Stone Cold Steve Austin was... Uh, told that he was going to do the Marine, the movie, the very first WWE films, film, uh, movie. And uh, Steve left the company. So Vince gave the movie to me. And I had it, and they, they, they weren't sure when they were going to film it. And a year went by, and you know, then Vince came to me and said, hey, listen, I want to give that Marine movie to John Cena. And I was like, 
why? He said, well, you know, he's becoming an upcoming star. Um, I think this is the right time for him to do a movie. I said, Vince, listen, that's cool. You know, I'm happy for John. That's great that he's going to do this movie, but he really needs to be in the ring working and I'm injured. I need to take time off of wrestling. I would love to take six months off and do a movie. That'd be great. He said, well, I already made up my mind. And you know what? I wasn't mad at John. I was mad at Vince. Yeah. Shit. He just took the movie away from me because this new kid came in and, uh, you know, made a huge impact. I made a huge impact too. <laughs> so I wasn't sure why that happened. Um, it, it actually was the beginning of the end for me for WWE. After that is when things started going downhill. And uh, about a year or two later, that's when I left the company. Well, shit, Kurt, who knows? We could have seen you in Bumblebee and Transformers, not John Cena. <laughs> if the right. Marine would have worked out, give me a break, buddy. Come on, man. Uh, oh, but it well, sounds like you, you told do? Vince how you felt, you know? So that's good. I'm glad you st stood up for yourself. He you know? said, don't worry, we'll make another movie. But I didn't yeah. stick around long enough to see. Yeah, he was probably going to put you in the next Scooby-Doo, you know, movie or some <laughs> shit. Wow, that's crazy. Mm. Well, Cena gets the role, so there he goes. He's off in his first uh, Hollywood action movie. And, and we move now into 2005, and he would become the WWE champion. To your point, Vince is all about him. He wants to push him, and here he is. He becomes the champion at WrestleMania 21. Do you think that's the right move to wait until Cena was really ready for the big time to give him the title? I mean, was this was yes, the timing? Yes, he was needed right? to earn the fans' respect whether he was a heel or a baby face. And he finally did. And that particular time, it was the right time to give him the title. Well, it's the summer of 05 and you and Cena are both moved to raw in the draft after three years for both of you being on SmackDown. What did you think about this? Were you happy for the change of scenery to head, head back over to raw? Yeah. Yeah, I was because John and I were seeing the same faces every day, working the same people on SmackDown. We wanted a new fresh effect. Face, you know, new uh, faces, Roster. fresh faces to, yeah, to face yeah. off and and wrestle. So going over to Raw, we we got to see the new you know the new faces and uh, other people that we could work with. So it was kind of cool that John and I both came over together. But John was always attached to me for some strange reason. I'm not sure why. He really was, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, stealing movies from me. We just learned about that. Yeah. Then Let's losing to me a bunch of times, then beating me a bunch of times. That happens here in the future. We're, we're only trying to show the ones where you beat him a bunch of times. So <laughs> that's good. But hey, we listen, don't have any footage of when he beat me. I'm sure we do. We're, we're getting there. But uh, there, and I mentioned it earlier, there has been uh, some stories that have made the rounds about John's parting, and, and it's close to legendary. Uh, his parting and uh, you got to tell us, I want you to, I want you to be honest, Kirk, come on. This is, this is, this is where the clickbait comes from the show. All right. Did you ever sit around this... back then with John at the hotel bars? And do you have any fun stories to share? Okay. I didn't go out. I didn't go party. You drank milk in your stuff, room, especially in WWE. <laughs> but what I did is I got up early for my flights after the TV the next day. And when I'd be walking out of the hotel at six in the morning, Cena would be just coming in. I'm like, what are you doing, man? You're burning the candle at both ends. He said, Angle, I love the party. <laughs> said, so, you know, John Cena, he did what he did. He does what he does, but he's John Cena, and I guess he can do it. Mm. 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, back to my point earlier, picking up the tab and then was just a, a great guy all the way around and like to have fun. So nothing specific from Kurt, but man, waking up at 6am to hit a flight and still seeing him going. That's pretty legendary. He was just coming in. Wow. Take a nap before he took his flight. <laughs> Well, it's the night after SummerSlam, uh, SummerSlam. Cena successfully defended the WWE title versus Chris Jericho, and this would be Jericho's final appearance of his first WWE run. And after the match, you, Kurt Angle, attacked Cena and were named number one contender by none other than our ad-free show's buddy, Eric Bischoff. And that you also formed a bit of an on-screen alliance with him over the coming weeks. So talk about that. Share some memories that you have of working with Eric for the first time. Eric was smart. He was very cunning. Um, I enjoyed working with him. I enjoyed him being my manager. Um, you know, he had some great ideas and, uh, you know, he, he was definitely a, a trailblazer in the business, what he was able to do for WCW, uh, and, and sign all these athletes and, and be a part of the wrestling business, even though he wasn't part of it his whole entire life. Uh, he adapted very well and he was, he was a great manager. I loved him. Yeah. Well, this also sets up Unforgiven in Oklahoma, which Meltzer describes as a disappointing match. I can't believe he said that uh, with you <laughs> winning by DQ when Cena uses the title belt. So now you're beating him, uh, but it is by DQ. Cena then gives still counts. You, yeah, it still counts, I guess. Cena then gives the FU to Bischoff and to you the uh, on the other Spanish announcers table. Do you remember this being disappointing and not living up to your previous matches, or was it just a you know the letdown of it being a? Clean it, it was really disappointing, and the whole reason was the finish. You know, the finish, me winning by DQ. I know they didn't want to beat either one of us at that particular time, so they wanted to do a DQ. That match would have been awesome if we had the right finish. Well, uh, so it's you and Cena. You're on the road for all the house shows in the fall of 2005, including some matches in Australia. So like you said, dude, you guys are just tied at the hip. It was attached to me, yes. My goodness. And, and yet there's some backlash to Cena from some fans. It's really starting to pick up steam here during this time. Why do you think a lot of the fans didn't connect to Cena? Or was it just cool for some people to boo him? Well, like I said before, I think they just pushed them too quickly. And uh, the fans didn't want to accept somebody that the office was pushing. Uh, they want to accept them when they decided to accept them. And eventually they did. Do you also think, though, Kurt, some of it could have been tied to the whole rapper gimmick and, you know, where there was like, what, what are we doing? I'm not a fan of this whole thing. And I mean, that could have been <laughs> you know what? I, I think a lot of people were a fan of John Cena, the master of thugonomics. Yeah. I, I know I was. And, uh, you know, the stuff that came out of his mouth. A lot of times it was really heelish, but it was very smart, very intelligent kid. All right. He had, he had a great, uh, set of promos that he did. Yeah. He was unique. He was definitely a unique yeah. character, different than anything else that we had seen uh, at that no point doubt. from the WWE. So it's a taboo Tuesday in San Diego. We got another clip and Cena defeats you and oh. Shawn Michaels. In a triple threat match, and man, this is a great match. Let's take a look at it. But here we go, Kurt.
say it. Go ahead and say it. He didn't beat me. <laughs> That's right. He pinned Shawn Michaels, not you. Oh, that was good, though, man. Shawn Michaels. Uh, what did you think, though? What, did you like the three-way match? Just three-way oh, matches in general. Shawn Michaels and John Cena. Yeah, it couldn't have been any better. The yeah. match flowed really well. Everybody stepped up. It, you know, having no, three of us in that ring, obviously it's going to be a four- or five-star match. There's just no doubt about it, especially with Shawn Michaels leading the way. Yeah, no, uh, it's uh, it's something else, man. Shawn Michaels is so smooth, and you're in there, which we just know how how good you are. If not, you just need to listen <laughs> to the archives of the show. But then, and then John Cena, who's coming into his own here, and he's getting to work to get, getting the ability to work with the best of the best. Uh, what what a what a time for him. Definitely. So uh, Survivor Series, we'll move on there. It's in Detroit. And during this time, you've added Davari to your entourage, and, and he's to be the referee of all your matches, including here when you challenge Cena again for the title. And Cena ends up winning again. Here's what the Observer had to say. And, Kurt, we don't have the clip, uh, but I think you're going to be happy because here's the words that you didn't want to hear. John Cena pins Kurt Angle in 13 minutes and 56 seconds to retain the WWE title. The crowd seemed to start 50-50 and steadily grew for Angle as the match went on. They were working better together this month than in previous Raw matches. Mostly it was Angle carrying things. The story of the match is that Cena hit Davari, the special ref, and Davari was going to call for the DQ, but Angle begged him not to. Cena then laid out Davari. Angle laid out Chad Patton and Mickey Henson, who came out as later refs. And between all this, Angle did a belly-to-belly -belly on the floor. Angle got an angle slam on Cena for a near fall, as well as a top rope superplex for another near fall. Angle missed a moonsault. Cena went for an FU, but Angle knocked down Henson. Davari was back as ref. Charles Robinson, who was a SmackDown ref, ran in. They claimed all the Raw refs were injured. Uh, Cena, DDT, Davari, and gave Angle an FU for the win. And my goodness, it's a Kurt Angle match that Dave Meltzer only gave three stars to. Oh my gosh, Dave <laughs> Meltzer, how dare you? <laughs> Talk about your partnership with Davari. Did you enjoy working with him? Yeah, Davari was making me a heel because Vince wanted me to stay heel, and 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 it was so hard. I, I'm sorry to say this, but. I would say the craziest shit to the fans. Like they're, you know, they're idiots. They're still going to boom or they're going to cheer me anyway. You know, like I would do these promos where I'd say, you know, if I, if I had to make anyone in the world tap out, it'd have to be Jesus. Uh, you know, these fans, they're going to, they're going to cheer me regardless what I say, because they're idiots and they would cheer me. And it was like, Holy shit. How do I stay heel? Davari. There you <laughs> so, go. Even in this match here, the fans started cheering for me more than John. It was crazy. I just could not stay heel. And they, they attached Davari to me because John Cena was a baby face and they wanted me to keep me heel. Yeah, man. There, there's a point too, where some guys just get so good in the business that fans You're are just like, so over it. You yeah, can't you, do anything yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> they can try to force whatever they want. Fans are going to do what they want, man. That's the beauty You're of this absolutely thing. Right. I love the fans for that too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kit, what about the evolution of Cena at this point? As we kind of pause here and, and just kind of catch up with where he's at, what are you thinking about him as he's evolving as a performer? He's leaps and bounds better than he was the year before. Yeah. He just kept getting better every year. The kid was awesome. At this point in time, he was actually one of the best workers in the business, at least top eight. Kurt, are you familiar with who is the John Cena of auto parts? Yes, I am uh, wondering who it is. 
I will tell you, it's none other than rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for other important things like chicken snacks, wrestling belts, and autograph shows featuring your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? rockauto.com is a family business that's huge serving auto park customers online for 20 years so go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write angle that's right angle in there how did you hear about us section box so they know your olympic hero sent you so kurt your final singles match versus cena on tv was on the first raw of 2006 where you defeated him in a first blood match in east rutherford new jersey and then there's a brawl with everyone in the elimination chamber match coming up the following sunday uh, cena would win the elimination chamber match at new year's revolution in albany new new york where you were the first one eliminated don't get mad at me tell us about <laughs> working in the chamber uh for the only time there well, it was a lot of fun. It was a really cool uh, gimmick, you know, being in that capsule, being trapped in there. I was trying to make these animalistic faces uh, while I was being trapped in there before they released me. And I knew the camera would pick up on it because when I came in, I was going to kick ass for two minutes and get eliminated. And the reason why I got eliminated first is because I won paper, rock, scissors earlier in the day. So everybody knew John Cena was going to win the match. So everybody else didn't want to stay in there a whole time with Cena. So we had a paper, rock, scissors competition to see who would be eliminated first. And I won. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, did you ever see John getting as close as he has to the Ric Flair's record of world championships? I mean, they're tied at this point, 16 times. Yeah. You know what? At that particular time you're saying? No, I mean, now, did you ever see him? Oh, oh where he is. Um, no, no. Looking back, I mean, the career he's had, you know, he, he is the greatest WWE superstar of all time because he won 16 WWE world titles. He's the only one to do that. Ric Flair won world titles in other companies. Yeah. But John Cena has done it only in the WWE and that's what makes him stand out. Yeah, it's something for sure. Your final match with Cena in your WWE run here is March 18th, 2006. It's Cena and Triple H defeating you, Randy Orton, and Rey Mysterio on the return of Saturday night's main event on NBC from Detroit. Any memories of this match and all the NBC execs likely being involved with the show that day? Um, I, I don't remember the match that much. Uh, oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. It was WrestleMania 22. Um, it was a it was a Saturday night main event, and it was Cena and Triple H versus me, Randy, and Ray. And what I didn't like about the match is we were both co-main events at WrestleMania. 
Yeah. So yep. me, Randy, and, and Ray were triple threat. John Cena and Triple H were a, a, a singles match. That's right. And we were going to both main event at WrestleMania. But they had this match be, between uh, the main eventers, the two main yeah, eventers. Yeah, they threw you all together. Yeah, and it was a handicap match, and we didn't even win. <laughs> so it, it made Raw look like the stronger show than SmackDown because they beat us and they were at a disadvantage. I didn't like that match. If anyone should have won, it should have been us. That's right, damn it. So <laughs> screw that whole show. Anyway, no, but listen, that's fun. Saturday's main event for me as a kid, Kurt, was like a staple. That's back when, you know, the old days when we had VCRs. And I heard sometimes yeah. I could stay up and, and watch it if my mom and dad let me. Other times I had to like set the VCR to record it. Uh, so, man, when I think of Saturday's main event, it's back in the 80s. Uh, it's cool that this got to, you know, kind of come back and be a thing. It wasn't quite the same, but, uh, you know, I know you weren't a big wrestling fan back in those days. You were a kid trying to be a. Nope, didn't watch yeah, it. I told know. not oh, to watch it. <laughs> oh, good shit, man. So, listen, did you see or hear much from John? And you're nearly 11 years away from WWE. No, but I kept tabs on him. You know, I follow his career. Uh, he was actually even better than he was when I was there. Uh, but we didn't talk that much. We were friends, but we weren't close enough that we would, uh, reach out to each other, even though, uh, we weren't in the same company anymore. So, uh, I didn't have that type of relationship as I did with Shelton and Charlie edge and Christian and Rhino. I didn't have that relationship with John. Like I did with the others. And, and you've said too, before wrestling is one of those things where when you move from a company to company, it's kind of hard to keep up with a lot. of Yeah. People. And when you leave a company, you hardly yeah. ever contact them again. It's, it's like they were your family on the road while you were there. And then they're not your family anymore. It's, it's really sad. Yeah. It's just like people that work in real jobs today for different companies, switch companies. You don't see a lot of people used to work with. So right, it makes total right. sense. Uh, what about as far as him and what he's doing now outside the business, he's in movies. Did you ever think that he was destined for all the stuff? Did you ever see him turning into this gigantic movie star that he is now? Yes, I did. I absolutely did. You know, I, I saw the rock do it. I don't think Cena's on the same scale as the rock, but you know, Cena and Batista are kicking ass right now. Uh, they're doing really well in Hollywood. And I did, I did foresee that definitely. You, uh, talked about your hall of fame induction and we, uh, talked about it here on the show. So check it out in the archives if you haven't, but talk about how good it was to see John Cena again for you. Um, that was really cool. You know, there were two people I wanted to induct me into the hall of fame. It was either stone cold, Steve Austin or John Cena and John Cena stepped up and did it. And I was so happy uh, because, you know, he is one of the greatest ever in the business and the impact he, he had on everybody, including myself was nothing more than incredible. So to have him induct me in the hall of fame and tell everybody that I'm a once in two generation wrestler, that was really cool to say that he said, there's nobody else like Kurt Angle. That made me feel really good that someone like that, a peer of mine said that about me. And you know what I think is also special about him, and maybe you can t talk about it a little bit, is uh, not only what he's done for the brand and and how big of a star he's become and the 16 time and all this and stuff, but to me, what always moves me more about John Cena is what he's done for Make a Wish and for all those kids. I mean, what kind oh, of oh yeah, the Make a Wish meet and greets. I mean, he off the charts. What he's been able to do for those kids, sure. making those kids' dreams come true, is nothing short of incredible. John Cena is a martyr. He's, he's a unbelievable individual that has time for everybody, uh, whenever they need it. He, he just has always been very charitable and very giving. 
Well, uh, as we wrap this up here, you and Cena shared the ring one final time at Survivor Series 2017 in Houston in the Team Raw versus SmackDown match. How great did it feel to uh, lock up with them just one more time, Kurt? It felt great. I, you know, to be there in that ring one more time with John Cena, you know, like old times. Uh, unfortunately, my my uh, quad was uh, torn. I had a partially torn muscle in my quad, so I couldn't really compete at the level I wanted to, but it was nice to be in the ring with John Cena again, definitely. And uh, as the last clip of the show, I have the clip from that Survivor Series. You'll see your quad all taped up, but uh, <laughs> here you are. You're in the ring with John. Let's check it out. Hey, but one of those members is laying in a heap over at the German announce table. That's Braun Strowman. Cena, Shane, and Orton remain for SmackDown. Look at this. Who's going to step in here? No, no one's rushing. And this is so apropos, guys. It was Kurt Angle who had the debut match for John Cena on SmackDown so many years ago. John Cena bringing Kurt Angle to the limit before Angle picked up the win. But that was the night that John Cena arrived here and cemented himself in WWE. And now we've come full circle tonight with so much on the line at Survivor Series. Angle takedown of John Cena. One of the defining moments early in John Cena's career was Survivor Series 2003 teaming up on Team Angle against Team Lesnar. And Kurt Angle's captain teams before in the past. He's won the matches at Survivor Series, so he knows what he's doing. Cena using that power to break the grip of Kurt Angle. Classic matchup right here, guys. Oh, and a shoulder tackle by Angle. Angle still got it. There's no doubt in my mind. John Cena just realized it. Cena's pacing himself. All right, Angle, I see what you got. We saw what Angle had back at TLC. Last month when he teamed with Ambrose and Rollins. After all the years and all the wars, these two are still as good as they've ever been. Some years back, John Cena slapped Kurt Angle in the face and spoke of ruthless aggression, and it's been that way in WWE ever since. 15 years ago. Oh, exact. That back elbow right there by John Cena. We call that a little shortcut. Yeah. Show me what you got, Kurt. And Cena again to the midsection. Right hand angle. Back and forth. Which one of these men will connect first with the big one? Uh oh, Cena with a shoulder tackle. We've seen this so many times over the years. John Cena squatting, preparing for this match. Oh, no. oh, yeah. Cover him. Cover him. Cover. And a Shane McMahon. Come on, Shane. Shane McMahon was the recipient of that Olympic yeah. slam. Wait a minute. Oh, oh, 
crowd of Cena from Finn Balor. Angle again. Look at it deliver another one to John Cena. Oh, no, John. Here's the cover. Kick out. Cena. Kick out. Yeah. Yeah. Is now up four to two. John Cena has been eliminated. Wow. The only way we could close the show. Was Kurt Angle pinning John Cena one more time, <laughs> and that was old man Kurt Angle. That was old man Kurt <laughs> Angle, man. But you've told us how fitting it would be for Cena to be your final opponent, and I think everyone would agree with that. What is your relationship like uh, with John now? If you've talked to him in a while, I don't know if you. Have. I, if I see him around, we talk, we shoot the shit, we'll sit yeah. around for an hour and talk and bullshit. But you know, we don't really keep tabs on each other. We don't uh, contact. He's a busy each other, man. Call each other. We don't even text or email each other, yeah. but whenever we see each other, we have a mutual respect. That's awesome. What do you think your favorite John Cena match is that doesn't involve you? Do you have one? You know what? Any match with Randy Orton, those ah. guys had incredible chemistry. You, you know, I, I remember at least five matches that I absolutely loved that they both were involved in and it was incredible. Those two together yeah. were amazing. They had great chemistry together. There you go. Well, listen, we got some fan questions, Kurt. So we're going to jump into those. First one comes this week from Instagram, a wrestling historian. And he says out of the first match, no mercy, 2003 and the pay-per-view trilogy in 05. What was your favorite match against John Cena? Thanks in advance. Well, it was either no, no mercy, 2003 or no way out 2005. I really enjoyed both of those matches. Um, they were both great, great finishes. And, um, um, I, I really believe that, uh, those were our two best matches that we had. Who's going to take care of your family. If something happens to you, what would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to goliathlife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms you're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to GoliathLife.com. If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, SaveWithConrad.com. Uh, Randers nation says, when was the first time that you realized that John Cena had it? Oh, the first day <laughs> when he came in and slapped me in the face and, uh, <laughs> went 11 minutes hard yeah. and I couldn't blow him up. Uh, he passed the test and, you know, seeing him improve every week and just get better and better. And he went from a follower to a leader. He became a great in-ring leader and he is one of the best at that. Nah, that's cool, man. You, you're right though. You said you wanted to put him through, through the trials and tribulations and try to blow him up. And he, he proved himself and passed. Good looking kid. Great build. I was like, I'm going to blow this bastard up. It wasn't <laughs> happening, pal. R Richie's up next. He said, what was the reaction backstage? Like during Cena's match during ECW's one night stand? Did he talk to you after it happened? <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> that was an annihilation of Cena. I mean, yes. those shit all over him. Sure they, they were cheering for RVD so hard. Um, I, I actually felt a little bit badly about John, but uh, you know, you have an ECW crowd and you're wrestling Broad Van Dam for the world title. Most likely you're going to get booed. 
but I think it had a lot to do with the office pushing Cena and the fans didn't like that. Oh, there was vitriol hate for that guy. No doubt about it. Uh, we got another question here from Shubham and he says, well, uh, John Cena win his 17th world title. What say you, will he break Ric Flair's record? Will he ever do it? The answer is simple. Yes. Yes, he will. Um, I believe John Cena will be the only 17 time world champion. I do believe that Randy Orton's going to catch up to him and possibly surpass him. So, um, you know, I, I, I know that records are made to be broken and I believe John Cena is going to break Ric Flair's record. Okay. I'll ask you a follow-up question. Do you think Charlotte Flair ends up breaking her dad's record? As yeah. Well? I think Charlotte Flair is going to win like 38 titles. <laughs> <laughs> you heard she it here first. A good start too. Thirty-eight. I mean, won already. Oh, she's won quite. A, I don't even know the exact number, but she's well on her way to your point. Thirty-eight. I don't Nine know, but hey, you know, we'll see. Kurt Angle predicted it here first. Thirty-eight. <laughs> Flex flows is up next. He said, "Did you know? Uh, did you know of Rip? He would be. Did you know off that he would be who he ended up becoming? Could you feel that spark when he walked down the ramp to re, uh, relieve?" Wow. There's a lot of words here. Uh, <laughs> could you feel that spark when you walk down that ramp to deliver the ruthless aggression slap? One of my favorite wrestling moments ever. So, uh, talk about that a little bit. No, I, I didn't, I had no idea who this kid was or what he was going to be or how good he was going to be. He just came down there. And when he, when I wrestled the match, uh, afterward, I said, okay, this kid's special. Because he did a great job in that ring. The match was really good. It had to be at least four stars, especially for an 11-minute match. And John Cena was on that night, and uh, he he proved to me that he could work inside the ring just as good as anybody else. Malik says, did Cena talk to you about your retirement match at WrestleMania 35? And can you share anything about it if you did have a talk with Cena about it? No, Cena was not involved in my decision to wrestle Cena at WrestleMania 35. That was directed toward Vince McMahon. Uh, Vince told me since I was doing a program with Baron Corbin, I had to continue the program. And if I wanted Cena, I had to wrestle for another year. And then I would have Cena. So uh, John didn't even know about this. But uh, I'm sure that if he did, he probably would have talked Vince into letting him be the my last opponent. I just didn't bother him with it. Ah, okay. Uh, did he mention, and so there you go. And he talked about it. How would Cena want to be your retirement match? Did you guys ever have that discussion with, with, uh, with John? Did you ever talk to him and say, no, hey, but you know what? When I saw him at WrestleMania, it was fucking crazy, man. I mean, here I am. I got my red, white, and blue patriotic gimmick going on. And John Cena is the master of thugonomics. I'm like, holy shit. We should have our match tonight. This is at WrestleMania. Oh, that's WrestleMania. Cool. I saw okay. him there and I was like, holy shit. He's going to, He's going to go in the ring as the master of thugonomics, and I'm not going to wrestle him. It, it, all Vince McMahon had to do is do this, the genie, and uh, yeah, right, make the match occur. I mean, he was already there. Damn him. Yeah. All right. The Joker HBK is up next. He said, is he one of your favorite opponents in the ring? Yes, top eight, without a doubt. And that's that's really good because I wrestled thousands of people. Oh, you've told us some of the top guys. So yeah. Yeah. And and John Cena is definitely in the top eight. He deserves to be Michael McClanahan says, Kurt, as someone who's had numerous matches with John Cena, what do you believe is one of the most significant misconceptions about his entering style and work rate? Um, I think that, uh, fans always thought he wasn't a good in-ring worker. Um, that, that seems to be some of the talk that people talk about, 
but he was actually really good. And he was great at psychology too. He could structure a match better than anybody. He was really good at that. And I, I was really impressed by it. I think that's a good point because as you said earlier, you know, maybe he was, a, could have maybe not a, the fluidity, but when you comes to psychology and building a match, that's stuff that we don't necessarily as fans often see, uh, you know, behind the scenes, but to your point, Hey, he's a guy that could help build a match really well. According to oh, definitely, he was okay. really good at it. Fernando Diaz says, what were Kurt's thoughts on the spinner title? Oh, <laughs> it was cool. Okay. Oh, I Kurt, would you're killing that, <laughs> but, but I'm traditional. I like yeah. the traditional titles. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think the spinner title was going to last as long as it did, but it did. It did. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm same as you can tell traditional title. Christoph Hankerson says at what point during John Cena's rise, did you say this guy has what it takes to be the next top star in the company? It didn't take me long. Um, <laughs> I knew right away that he was going to be special and uh, I didn't know that he was going to be the greatest WWE superstar of all time. That, that, that was not in the cards, but I knew he was going to be one of the best in the business at that particular time. And he was. Matt Godfrey, final question of the week. Lots of John Cena questions, man. You can just tell how popular he still is to this day. Hey, Kurt. Well, who, this podcast is about John Cena. Paul. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. You can just tell. We're getting more questions than we normally do. Who's the better 16-time world champion, Cena or Flair? Oh, gosh. Put me on the hot seat, huh? I love when people make you answer questions like this. You know what? I will say Ric Flair only because he's been wrestling for like 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> so you have Ooh. to give it to Rick and his consistency. Don't get me wrong. John Cena is the most consistent wrestler I've ever seen. Him Cena and would Rick say Flair. the same thing. Cena would say because the same they thing. They never got injured and yeah. they showed up every week. It was incredible. Their consistency was amazing. Both of them. And that's why they're both 16 time world heavyweight champions. If I had the consistency they did, I'd probably have 20 world titles. I only have, uh, I think 12, including TNA. So, yeah, but, um, but who's counting, right, Kurt? Yeah. But yeah. who's counting? Exactly. <laughs> but I, I, if I, if I would have not been injured as much as I was, I believe that I'd be up there too, but it just didn't happen for me. The other thing to consider too, cause there's arguments that could be made for both, but also just consider too. flair did it in days where they were traveling three, you know, 360 days, days. Yeah. You know, whatever three, three fifty. Sometimes days they were doing uh, double eight shots. matches a week. Yeah. Um, you know, every day, Saturday too, and then two yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was a brutal schedule. Uh, do you think Kenny Pickett will bring Pittsburgh a championship? Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Matt. Super Bowl champs. First round draft pick, Kenny Pickett. From yeah, Pitt. baby. He's going to do it, man. He's going to be the next uh, Super Bowl champion quarterback for, the, for Steelers. the Pittsburgh Steelers. We can only hope, man. Not saying this year, so guys calm down. But I'm he's... picking this year. Damn oh, it. you're insane. You're insane. <laughs> I'm a Steeler fan, too, but I'm not insane. All right, let's get into some of the other fun stuff, and that is physicallyfit.com chicken snacks. There's world title belts available. All kinds of stuff going on, Kurt. Here we go. Physically fit chicken snacks and snack smart crispy protein bites you can get them at physicallyfit.com if you go on and you want you want to get 20 percent off you use the code anglepod or anglepod uh when you uh order the those chicken snacks yeah man you'll get 20 percent off if you become a lifetime member you can do that online you get 20 percent off forever but these are amazing 11 different flavors you're going to absolutely love them the taste is incredible high protein low carbohydrate incredible flavors that honey mustard looks kind of good. Also, they're doing a thing now. Awesome. Where 
you can submit a video, uh, and it's going to be shown here in the future on the Kurt Angle show of uh, what they're doing a promo about chicken snacks, right? Is that yes? How, uh, why they absolutely love our chicken snacks or snack smart crispy protein bites. And if your video is the winner, you're going to win a world title belt from Wildcat Belts. And this belt's valued over 3000 bucks. I yes, mean, it's a physically fit belt. world championship title. Yes. I think I saw an Instagram live where you're doing a promo. You got the belt over your shoulder and it's a whole thing. So guys, submit your videos. Uh, man, I can't wait to see who the winner is. This is going to be fun and they're going to get an awesome championship. And 10 runner-ups get $400 worth of chicken snacks. So... <laughs> It's oh, wow. it's a pretty cool competition. I hope everybody partakes in it. Go to physicallyfit.com. Find out how you can be a part of it. Uh, next up, the Kurt Angle brand. So if you don't get enough Kurt Angle in your life, like who really does? I mean, none of us have enough Kurt <laughs> Angle enough. in our life. Uh, go to KurtAnglebrand.com, and you can find all kinds of fun stuff over there. Milk cartons, cowboy hats. To me, the best thing you can get over there are the cameo videos, where Kurt is going to give you your own unique specialized cameo video. He'll sing to you. He'll congratulate you. Maybe a graduation, a wedding. Tell you a, you suck. He'll tell you you <laughs> suck. Maybe it's for a friend that you want to tell them they suck. Kurt's going to do that all for you right over there. KurtAnglebrand.com. T-shirts. All kinds of fun stuff, right, Kurt? Yes, sir. You can even get birthday cards with Kurt Angle on it, wishing you a happy birthday. Or if you have a family member or friend that you want to wish happy birthday, order the birthday cards online at KurtAnglebrand.com. There you go. So check that out. Again, WildcatBelts.com. Speaking of belts, we <laughs> are down to two left of this beautiful, amazing championship belt. It is the American hero, Kurt Angle. It has his 1996 gold medalist plate on one side. It has the beautiful Pittsburgh PA plate on it. Uh, all kinds of beautiful decor there that Andrew has put together for that championship. You're getting three Kurt Angle autographs. The belt is autographed. Uh, the display that it comes with it is autographed, as well as the certificate of authenticity. If you're a Kurt Angle fan, this is the collectible that you need for your collection. I have one. How can I host a show without being a supporter and having a belt myself? I can't. It would be highway robbery for me to sit here every week and preach the good God darn name of Kurt Angle and not support him by buying his championship belt. You need one too, so check it out right now. And finally, Saturday, August 27th. I always get a little goofy at the end of these shows. August 27th, it's wrestling night at the park for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers with... Kurt Angle. It's podcast at the plate. Watch the live podcast in the Fox Club. That sounds kind of sexy. It's a pregame podcast package. Are available now. It's in Appleton, Wisconsin, right outside of Green Bay. Kurt, you're going to be doing Q and A. You're throwing out the first pitch. It's going to be great, yep, man. We're going to have a great time there, and we hope that a bunch of fans show up to see it. We we certainly do. Before I sign off this week, I got to say we're recording this a little bit early, but Kurt, the next time me and you record together. You're going to have two brand new knees, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm having my knee replacement surgeries on Tuesday, May so 24th. And our next podcast is next week. And uh, I'm going to be probably a little bit out of it, but uh, I will show up for the podcast. <laughs> 
buddy, I can't wait to hear the answers you give. But I wanted to call that out this week just to say that we are all cheering for you. We hope everything goes well, thoughts and prayers and all that good stuff. And uh, we can't wait to see how everything turns out for you. I feel like you're going to have 110% recovery because Kurt Angle just doesn't do 100%. No, that's not the Olympic That'll be 110, 120. There you go. But we just all hope that everything goes well for you and uh, it turns out well at your surgery, my friend. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. All right. Well, on behalf of Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you again right back here next week on The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.